back to another episode of ATL on Fire, and we are in front of the fire today. Back from Philadelphia, Dave, Carmen, how are y'all doing? Good. Back in the ATL. Carmen, how about you? Not so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What do are, tell. Do what, tell the podcast What are listeners. those sticks next to you? Uh, yeah. So I rolled up on crutches today. Hurt myself yeah. playing. Hurt my knee playing oh. soccer yesterday. So it might be. That might be it for soccer for me. Oh, Don't no. say it. Don't it's say been a good, it ain't It's so. been a good 40 years. <laughs> You know, even Seabiscuit came back after being put out to pasture, so you got a shot. There is hope, so you're saying there's a chance. Oh, boy. Well, we got some red wine to kind of numb it off. What uh, what are we having here, Dave? It's an Oberon, which I think we've had one time before on the podcast. It's a high uh, hoity-toity Napa Cabernet, Mikey Dobbs. Very nice. And, you know, the story is that... Uh, there are competitors <laughs> for our winery um, because our winery is on Oberon Walk Place, so the street. Um, and so we were, we're like, whoa, we'll name yeah. our, our, our winery Oberon. And then we realized there already is one, and it's really should, good. should <laughs> check their trademark. I don't know about this. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. we can you know, sue them. So we are going to talk a little bit about the preseason game against Chattanooga the other day. Right. There's a little bit of... Uh, Rumors that are tr- starting to come true on the signing front for Atlanta United. And probably a little bit to talk about from some of the U.S. men's national team uh, front office tur- turnovers. Any- <laughs> oh, yeah, the drama <laughs> continues. Yeah. Anything else you want to ch- chat about during today's podcast, this evening's podcast? I think that's yeah. a lot, Mikey Dobbs. It is a lot. Where do you want to start? I want to start with our sponsor, Dave. Yes, oh, oh, yes, sir. Wild Heaven Brewery. Two locations. One here in Avondale Estates, the other on the west end of town. If you love beer and happy hour, stop by Wild Heaven Brewery. It's awesome. I was at an old English uh, beer tasting down at uh, Bold Monk down uh, on the west side. Um, And uh, they had Wild Heaven beer at that one. And uh, it was terrific of the the 50 or so beers that I tried. I think it was like at least second yeah. maybe first i mean it was really good nice so get on down there if you haven't been to wild heaven let's dig those boys know what they're doing into it though atlanta united um we have no striker that's a part of street uh, preseason training we've been concerned about that but it also sounds like the news of him signing the greek player who's a celtic striker yakamakis his signing is <laughs> imminent, Dave. Imminent. imminent. Yeah, he's coming. He's, yeah, he's coming, coming for sure. Everything says that he's coming. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, pronounce it one more time. for Yakamakis. So I am not that sophisticated. I'm going to go with Papa Giorgio. I think that's right. what our, our... I like our, it. I like our, it. Papa Twitter, Giorgio uh, Yakamakis. GG Papa Giorgio. I don't know. Something like that. I like that. it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's already some chance from uh, Celtic that I think we could Maybe we can copy leech onto since we can't <laughs> seem to create our own. Oh, oh, oh! I'm uh, good for that. What else? What, there's another uh, Peruvian center back to add right. to our lineup. And yeah, Luis Abram. Okay, Abram, Abram. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Abram. Let's go, Abram. All right, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And so there was supposedly a rumor of three signings, and it sounds like one of them is in the midfield, right? So There was supposed to be one midfielder, one defender, one forward. So Abrams is center back. Uh, Yakamakis is a forward. 
And so by default, that leaves us with one midfielder coming, assuming Pineda had it right. Well, one exciting thing about the preseason opener against Chattanooga is we got to see Brad Guzan and Miles Robinson starting, which is a bit of a shock because, you know, Atlanta tends to seem to be a bit conservative with anybody coming back from injury. So it was right. it was a pleasant surprise, really, to see both of them in the starting lineup. Yeah, you got to figure with them in the starting lineup at Chattanooga means that they are thinking that they're ready to go for opening day because it's still a month away. Yeah. Um, um, now, I don't know that um, Guzan particularly looks sharp, but <laughs> uh, what uh, what did you think about Miles' performance? Everybody's saying, you know, he was moving great. He didn't do that much, but it didn't look to me like he was moving so great. Yeah, and I, um, he certainly wasn't hobbling or anything. Right. Um, but I don't know if he 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 didn't really seem to show the the pace and the you know that extra gear that he normally has. Yeah, and I think that's understandable and kind of what um, you know is is hopeful. Uh, you know that he's starting this early to get that extra gear and get a little confidence. I mean, that's a big injury to come back from at at his age and, you know, probably is going to take six or seven games. His age. His age. I don't know. He's a young (laughs) buck, man. What's he like? What's he 24? Yeah, maybe 25, I think. Uh, 25. Old is 25. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, (laughs) you know, I think uh, that's, probably the first major injury that he's had i don't know that he's had any other big injuries like that so that's a lot to get over mentally and even if even if your body's ready to trust in that next gear um and put the the pressure on it i think that has to still be in the back of his mind even if everything's good yeah yeah i can't disagree um now (laughs) (laughs) dave you and i um you know, before we, we did this podcast and we're coming back from the convention in Philadelphia, which, by the way, was awesome. Um, had a blast. Had a blast. Hopefully, you all have listened to the interview we did with JP Della Camera. That was a treat. We got more coming for you, too. Yeah, we have a lot of content from the convention trip that we had. And just it was great to make some connections. Met one of the Atlanta United uh, scouts. Uh, that we hope to have on soon now that the season's kicked off. Right. Sounds like they're comfortable sharing a little bit more about kind of their, their scouting process and just maybe a peek under the curtain of what happens on that front. Right. For sure. I think that would be wonderful. Now, what what did you think of that athletic article, by the way, around scouting and how effective scouting (laughs) is in general? Yeah. For those of you who didn't follow it, there's an athletic article, which basically says that the scouts, you know, when you really come down to it, you try to evaluate what they do. They're almost completely, it's almost, they're slightly better than random. Yeah. And a, <laughs> right. and a lot of it is predicated on previous performance, right? And yes. Terms, in terms of predicting what a player is right. going to be capable of in the future. If a player plays well, he's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but not, this whole idea that they're going to predict this trajectory of the players just really doesn't happen much. Yeah. Now, I thought it was really a fascinating read. To, to be honest, I only made it about three-fourths of the way through, but it was, it was a good read. There was a big thing that I think that that article was missing, which is... Coaching. Yeah, coaching and formation and fit, yeah. right? And so, you know, if you're scouting a player, you know, if you're right now, you're at Atlanta United, you're scouting players in, in South America or even Europe, you know, and you're looking... Um, 
I don't think you can be scouting players just in general. Like, you know, there's this a player who I think is going to be good or better, right? Because, you know, outside of the players we know, the famous ones, the Messi's of the world, the Ronaldo's, the Mbappe's or whatever, who, to be honest, those guys are probably going to be fantastic no matter what team you put them in. Although I would say that even those guys, there were times Messi. when Messi for Argentina wasn't quite the Messi he was for Barcelona. But in any case, outside of those players, the vast majority of players are in some systems are really going to shine under some coaches and some are not. There was even, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was Spanish. He was a world player of the year. He transferred to Middlesbrough from Spain and he went for world player of the year to like nobody in a heartbeat because mm. he's just playing for a coach who didn't appreciate, you know, didn't know how to use them. Yeah. And I mean, even Miguel Amaron's an example when you go playing for Newcastle, who is trying to just stay up in the premier league when, right. you're, when you're playing a conservative style, you're not playing to a player's strengths. Like now we're seeing with Miguel Almiron and you're seeing the, the same guy we saw. I here think that's a great example. There was a lot of people were like, Oh, it's a step up in the, in the talent and Miguel Almiron won't be able to do it. And I, and we argued, I think at the time that we don't think so. It just, she's in a team that is not built to, to help what he needs to do. Yeah. So, all right. Chattanooga, Preseason game. Well, you want to talk about? Well, you want to talk about? Okay. Well, now I want to talk about like heading into that heading into that game. Okay, heading into the game. We were saying, how can we talk positively about Pineda? <laughs> okay, because I know I think, and, and it, it yeah, it's really bothered me that like you know listeners might have this perception of us just wanting to pick on Pineda because I think there was a lot of right. podcasts where. We weren't happy with what we're seeing, and we were attributing a lot of that to coaching and it it being pretty square on his shoulders for some things that we ha didn't show any progress with. You know how we were changing things tactically or making the team progress throughout the 2022 season. Yep, uh, I'm still trying to dig for like good examples other than Pineda being an excellent guy in terms of you know, being nice and trying to like in his heart build culture within a team that was fractured from, you know, a couple other coaches that didn't necessarily create a good vibe, maybe within the clubhouse with right. uh, Frank DeBoer and Heinze. So you got to say, well, hopefully he's done that inside the clubhouse, made everybody feel good about their job. And like, mm -hmm. how do we get back on the front foot of um, rebuilding what, uh, whatever his vision is. Yeah. And, Okay, we've only had a year and a half with him to let that happen. So still some rope out there heading into 2022 for Pineda to let whatever form is in his head in terms of the tactics that can lean into the strengths of the players that we have. Like we're saying, if he's identified, you know, people who are stars, Luis Arauzo, Almada, and this new striker that will hopefully get to see in preseason soon. Yeah, so you might argue that, um, you know, I mean, the question is what was wrong with Atlanta United? Was it the injuries? Was it the culture in the locker room? Was it the talent on the field? Was it the coaching of the talent um, or the formation, the tactics? Um, if you simply say that one of the big problems might have been the attitude in the locker room, then you can say, you know, maybe 
Pineda put his foot down and no arrows con pollo, right? right. Um, we're not going to accept that. Martinez, out. You know, anybody who was going to complain, you know, whatever. Franco, maybe bitter attitude, gone. See ya. Moreno, gone. See ya, right? Yeah. You know, so um, you could make an argument that that's possibility. Yeah, right? yeah we, we, don't know if, we, we don't know if any of that's true. Those are examples like whether Moreno did or didn't have the right attitude in any situation. But if that was his stance, right, then he, he took it and made made decisions. Yeah, it's the one thing that we have sort of the least insight into, which is yeah. sort of the locker room culture. Um, but if you go beyond that, you look at the team, right, you know, you say, all right, here I'll throw out a series of questions. Were we good in attack? Did we score goals? No. Did were we good in defending? Did we prevent goals from being scored? No. Okay. That's not what the data says. Like, right. I mean, the data wasn't good. And we finished 10th place, which obviously wasn't good. You know, position per dollar was even worse because we yeah. were the number one uh, paid team in the league. Um, but here's the thing. Okay. So now if you look at the field, let's look for, look for positives on the field, right? Were there any individual players? Sometimes when a team is going down the tubes, yeah. you know, coach is good for an individual player. And there are players who, you know, are going the opposite way and are really making a name for them. So who do you see? Well, I think, yeah, you and I talked about it for the podcast. Like uh, Andrew Gutman was, was a good example and and I think he did himself even some fav- favors by just having a good head head on his shoulders to know when to you know drive forward and when to be astute on the uh, the defensive side. But even even so, I think you know we talked about it about pinching in too much and not going out and pressing uh, the teams on on the wings. There was clearly kind of a what seemed to be kind of more of a compact type of defense versus going out and pressuring the guys in the wings. Um, and so even even that kind of bled into some of the things we were seeing with Gutman. But, yeah, overall, I think Gutman was a positive example uh, of a player last year that seemed to shine when he was healthy and, and involved. Yeah, I mean, he certainly of the whole team, he might be the only one who you might say his transfer price went up right. over last season. Um, and and you got to say, like, Parata, at least momentum-wise, because – he had those three goals in the one game. There was he a, scored a bunch of goals. He scored yeah, he like scored, five or six scored, goals. He scored total. like five he or did. six goals. Yeah. yeah, and so good juju from from him, right? That's great for a center back yeah. over a half a season. I mean, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous in terms of goal scoring. Yes, yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, but yeah, and I I don't think he did too poorly defensively. I think it's going to be interesting if he's the number one next to Miles. How their relationship forms. Sure. So what about you, Carmen? Do you see any players who you know, thrived under Pineda? Yeah, I mean, Almada, I, I always say him, just the fact that Elise got yeah. him seen enough to get him on a World Cup Yeah, team. right, yeah, he made the so World something. Cup squad out of that, you know. There's something yeah. there. But besides that, not, I didn't really, I mean, you're right, Gutman, is it Gutman or Gutman? We decided it's Gutman. 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 Yeah. Gutman. Gutman. I thought he had a good season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But besides that, I thought it was yeah. pretty. And Almada is such a star. I, what I was impressed about Almada, and I think, most Atlanta United fans would recognize is like he didn't do what Barco was guilty of, which is kind of over pursuing, you know, the talent of being able to dribble. You know, I think we saw Almada get away from people with a quick step, the same way Miggy would, but then made a really smart decision and passed the ball into space 
or to somebody's feet. His decision-making is really good. Yeah. And even when the team wasn't going well, it didn't seem like... There's a tendency when the team wasn't going well, Barco would just try to do it all. Yeah. And Almada didn't seem to be getting out of his game too much. Correct. You know, He scored a couple of fantastic things, but by and large, he was still making decisions. Yeah. He didn't... He didn't do the PT Martinez thing where he's just yeah. launching from 25 yards yeah. out. Or even Araujo last year who was launching from, yeah. you know, uh, everywhere. Too, too many 25-yard shots trying to bend it into the far post right. with Araujo. The data says that's really hard to do unless we had there. a bet about that at yeah, some level because we were talking about you know as an inverted winger and I, and I said you know if uh, to justify an inverted winger you need him to score I don't know what I said yeah. it was three or yeah, five goals was, or whatever I think I was skeptical of yeah. that when you yeah were I think we about both it. were but I think he scored one he scored one but like you said it's, but one it's, is not a lot it's, it's, <laughs> it's a diff, it's a difficult thing to score he scored some goals like not a lot but but. But even the goals he scored, like, there was only one that he cut inside yeah. and bent it. Yeah, but back to Almada, I think he's very measured when he chooses to take on that that difficult challenge of taking an outside shot. And he's he's evaluating the fact that there's not a better pass, and that's the better option. Here's another potential positive. What about Brooks Lennon? You know, Pinedo, he talks about he was one of the leading goal creators, uh, created chances in the league. And so, yes, he can really serve a ball. Do you think that was a positive under Pineda? No. <laughs> <laughs> and is there any hope for that? You know, so one of the things you might say, we, I, we talked about how he was serving the ball to the wrong players, well, right? He was serving it to Moreno's. He was serving it to Almada's. He was serving it to Araujo's, and they were not going to go head it in. Right. But my question to you, Mikey Dobbs, is now where the line looks like it's probably going to be led by Jackson Conway and Yana Kapla. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> Get it Dang right. It. I thought I had it. You anyway, but are those the right... Hey, Mr. Are, Papa, Papa Giorgio. Are those the right guys? Well, here's, here's what I saw during the U.S. Men's National Team Friendly the other night, hmm. which our friend Gressel got his U.S. citizenship. Yakima. Don't you miss that early cross? Yeah. Yes. It's the early cross. Lennon can cross the ball. He doesn't see when to cross it early and mm. bend it in in that way that's so dangerous that Gressel just knew how to do. And that, yeah. that goal to Brandon Vesquez was like, oh, it I It certainly that. hurt two former Atlanta United yeah. players really hooking up on the national yeah, team really for a great did. goal. Oh, it hurts. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So now the last aspect, you know tactics team whatever is there any positives that you see you know was there anything that was working tactically or um um we're trying here for we so last year did anything work tactically is that your question yeah correct was there anything that like i mean again possession for possession sake we we Dominated. We had a lot of passes. We had a yeah. lot of a lot of completed passes. Even some passes. We we ended, we were in the attacking third a lot. We weren't in the box a lot, but right. we were in the attacking third a lot. <laughs> attacking third a lot. Right. Yeah. So okay, we've got possession. We're we're controlling the possession, making yeah. completed passes, controlling I, tempo, controlling tempo, and on the offensive side of the field, and. and even more guilty than the Frank DeBoer era, which is very guilty of doing a lot of lateral. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the downside was we didn't see the results. And supposedly, like, and this is where Pineda um, is patting everybody's back a little bit, that there was a lot of goal opportunities in terms of, like, the XG and the data. 
But I don't think from the eyeball test that's true. I think you can only say that we had offensive possession tactically in their half. I don't think we had a ton of great chances. Carmen, what about you? Anything you tactically think- you saw that gives you positives? I got to be honest, no. Like, I feel like Mikey is really reaching. <laughs> and I appreciate the effort. Good effort. I'm it's, trying. You, you did a good job. But honestly, as I sit here, I, I honestly can't say I, I saw anything real positive from last year. Yeah, I mean, we always talked about the problem seemed okay. to be that the, the formation accentuated the, the weaknesses. You know, the fact that Gutman was terrific, you know, good for him, but no offense, um, if Gutman ends up being the best player, almost by definition, that's a problem because that means that that it's not Almada or Moreno or Araujo. So, uh, so I think this is a good transition to the Chattanooga FC game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to talk. Can we talk about the the additions a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, and and whether or not you think those additions could i mean the whole point of pineda is he got rid of the the people who were problems and he supposedly they have more players the new guys should be the guys he wants at some level so So, does it work well let's start with the papa georgia up front right and the the (laughs) there's two things right like and and i'm actually okay with like if if martinez is a poison pill like and or you don't trust that he's ever going to get back to the form pre pre knee knee injury okay okay i'm good move on from him we still don't know why it ended like it did and we had to buy him out which seems silly i would have i think we should have been nasty and never said we should have been nasty we should have been cold-blooded but that's just me by the way with with (laughs) joseph martinez who i love by the way yeah who i think should still be at the club but should we have let him go to miami and buy his contract out ridiculous no (laughs) <laughs> Who's, uh, it's going to piss me off so much if he does. It does say something one. that, you know, there weren't a lot of fishing from other MLS clubs, right? You know, it's yeah. interesting. And analytically wise, his goals per minute was pretty good, yeah. right? And so you would have thought somebody would take, would have wanted to take a flyer on that and made a decent bid for him. But yeah, I think, I mean, not. I think Miami sees like, yeah, he's in the same conference. He's going to be playing us. He'll be fired up. I can't believe we let him go to Miami, man. I think he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder, and it's just, it's just, it's a worry. Well, we're going to see couple, Miami uh, two times this season, right? And then one more in the League's Cup. That's correct. Right. They're yeah. in our division, <laughs> in our group in the League's Cup. Um, yeah, okay, so so now you bring in... So we bring in the, the Greek <laughs> and... Yakimakis, I, I, what do you think? I'm certainly not disappointed. I am optimistic. So let me review for the for the listeners a little bit about Yakimakis. So Yakimakis is Greek. He plays for the Greek national team. Um, Gus Poyat is the head coach of the um, Greek national team. Okay. I, you must remember Gus yeah. Poyat from Premier League days in Chelsea. He was a terrific player. And he says, no matter where Yakimakis goes, he's my guy. He's the starting forward on the Greek national team. And for those of you, before you go say, oh, Greek is the word, you know, blah, 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 blah. Greece won the European Championships not too long ago. That's right. right? So, you know. The for, Greeks can play some ball. Yeah, they're right? not so bad. Anyway, um, yeah. so he's wanted by them. Um, so he came from the Eredivisie. He played for 
Velmo. And that's where he had some good numbers, right? Yeah, so he scored 26 goals his last season in the Eredivisie while his team got relegated. So, I mean, now Dutch League is notoriously a goal-scoring league. A lot of people score a lot. You know, like Luis Suarez came to the Premier League from the Dutch League, and he scored like like 30-something or whatever. A couple of Americans have scored... Um, you know, some decent numbers in the Eredivisie. It's a scoring league. But when yeah. you're getting relegated and you're by far the leading goal scorer in the team, everybody's just going to be marking you. Right. And he still scored 26 goals. So Yeah, and, and the MLS is a scoring league. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to say that the MLS and the Eredivisie are similar. So anyway, he then transfers to Celtic. Um, very good Scottish team. They won the title last year, right? And he ends up being their second leading scorer. They have a terrific, um, the Japanese or Korean player, um, forgetting his name now, but anyway, uh, who ended up as their leading scorer at like 25 for Celtic, but he still scored 19 goals last year for Celtic as their second sort of fiddle. Yeah. Um, so that's two consecutive seasons in good leagues that are equivalent to MLS where he basically scored 20 goals. Yeah. So that's promising. Absolutely. And he's 28 years old. So now Season what do you prime. think he could do for Pineda? I, you know, I think he's got to do over 20 goals in my mind to fulfill the gap that Joseph potentially could have filled. Um, that's what I'd like to see. 20 plus. What, what's your number in your head? Do you have one? Honestly, if he gets 15, mm-hmm. we're probably a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, if you take the exact team from last year and you add 15 goals from a striker position, that might be enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, because what? Joseph only had nine with his. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, but I, I, w- I would want to see 20 to feel happiness. <laughs> to feel that joy. <laughs> if huh? he gets 20, then, then, then uh, you know. But so the, the, the thing is, let's not even just talk about the number of goals he's going to get. So, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's six foot tall. Right. Right. He's a little broad. Right. So the question is, is he the kind of guy who can get on a Brooks Lennon cross? Yeah, I would think I would certainly think he could get on the end of a cross for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, is is the cross, as I was just talking about before, delivered at the right time? Mm-hmm. If he's going to be leading the line and pressing it. And can we get that ball in when the defense is, is reeling backwards versus having it be static, right? And, you know, we've got to avoid that, right? And if we are possession for the possession sake and <laughs> cross a bunch of balls in and they're really not that dangerous because the defense can kind of predict them and then the stats kind of say, oh, well, we had a cross that was in the box <laughs> and that was highly dangerous. Bullshit. <laughs> That is what my fear is going to be. I mean, Pineda has said that those crosses are real, genuine goal-scoring opportunities. And I would argue that if they are, then he should be able to score a bunch of okay. them. And if that's so, you know. Why wouldn't Joseph he, be able to score? If Pineda is, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why not. <laughs> but if Pineda is right, and I'm not sure he is, if Pineda is right, then Brooks Lennon now becomes one of the leading assist guys in the whole MLS. And... um you know, uh, <laughs> Yakamakis um, <laughs> ends up being one of the, you know, the leading scorers off of that, you know, gets up in the goal scoring statistics. Now, you know, one thing I will say is that 
I argued, we talked about it, you know, what are you looking for? This team needed a guy, not a, you know, honestly, if you gave me a choice of getting another Tiago Amada type, and we may have talked about this on the podcast even, who's an up-and-coming, you know, 17, 18-year-old potential superstar, I would have said I would rather have a guy who's 28, who scored 20 goals in a decent league in the last that. two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what this team needs now. We need right. a guy who scores now because Tiago Amada ain't going to be here certainly more than a year, right? right? I mean, Araujo, you know. So what, not- what do you think the DP deal is? Because Lagaway said he's going to be very conservative yeah. on, you know, the long term, but also trying to play for the short term and make sure they make the right decisions here. So, you know, Hopefully we didn't um, kill ourselves. What I, do you know anything about the financials that are likely to happen and the duration of the DP contract? So what's very clear is that they're signing into a DP contract, um, which is so we have three DP spots. They're on unlimited salaries. They don't count towards the cap, right? But he's being signed at a very, very low, just barely DP kind of salary, which means that they can use Tam and Gam to buy him down a little bit. And then if they have the opportunity, let's say a year from now, to get another DP, they want to go out and sign uh, whoever, whoever, then they still can. Which is what they did with Moreno, correct? exactly. Exactly what they did with Moreno. Okay. And that's what they said. They had Moreno, and it still allowed them to go out and buy Thiago Amada. Right. Right. So I think that's smart. What's do you recall the youth DP under twenty three thing? Isn't there like some? There's a youth special spot if they're younger than it really it can younger than twenty one, right? Yeah. That's like is it a DP thing? I can't remember. Yeah, not absolutely I, I've, sure. I've lost my yeah. memory on how that works, but it feels like we haven't maybe used that slot either for the under twenty one. So I don't. Or? What I was going to ask you about. Um, I don't know. You mentioned Gareth Lagerway, right? He's the new general manager. Yeah. He came from Seattle. He has now built two really terrific and MLS winning sides at two different clubs, yeah. right? Because um, he before that he was with Utah. Was it Salt Lake City? Salt Lake, or is it Colorado? It was one of the, it was one of those yeah. Pacific Mountain West clubs, and and they built one of the title seasons that those yeah. two teams had. Anyway. Um, he has said that, you know, what's the expectations? He says home playoff game. That's the expectations. I like What it. do you think about that? Well, I think, I mean, it should be a very realistic, realistic expectation for the talent we have again, which hasn't changed a whole lot other than Joseph Martinez uh, exiting the building. And now that we've got this um, player that I believe can – be in the same ballpark as Joseph, I think that that's right where we should be. And you got to wonder, though, right? If you now go to last year's squad, and this is maybe a good moment to talk about it, last year's squad versus this year's squad, right? You lose Joseph Martinez, you get Yakamakis, and um, you lose Moreno, and you get, mm, I don't know, nobody. Um, Almada, still Almada. Arujo, still Araujo. Right, you lose Alan Franco. Supposedly, they're bringing in this guy, um, Abram. 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 Louis Abram. Right. So, even if you argue that Yakamakis is the same or better than Joseph, and even if you argue that Abrams is the same or better than Franco, is the squad really improved? 
from last year. I don't think we're improved. No, I think now obviously you might say it's improved just because we have Guzan and yeah. Miles Robinson back, and presumably they're not hurt. Although you know, over a season, you got to figure somebody is going to get. I don't know because Alan Franco to me, like defensive wise, yeah. still was better than Parata. Um, I think is easy to throw some arrows at Franco the way that things unfolded around him. Yeah, but I think he was a good defender. I think he. Um, you know, probably had some light shined on him that was fair and unfair in some of the decisions he made. I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Well, I was going to throw it to Carmen. So, Carmen, what do you think of last year's squad versus this year's squad? Better, worse, the same? I'm going to say about the same, and I feel like I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, I feel like we just went like for like, yeah. right? And And so the only thing you can say if it's going to be better – it's not more talented squad, that's for sure. The only thing you could say is it's possible it's a more cohesive squad. Right. There's no that's more, true. you know, backroom, you know. Yeah, so madness. and that's important. It's that's Im- important. it is important. So if you're going to say like that, the attitude of Moreno's or uh, Martinez is out of the building. The grumpiness of Moreno, who is a fantastically talented player, super skilled, but just didn't fit the mold next to Almada. Okay, I get it. I get it. And um, the other one we haven't talked about, we re- recalled Tyler Wolf. Now he didn't play in Chattanooga, but what do you what do you think about that yeah. prospect? Elliot just mentioned Tyler yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Okay. Well, Good. Well done, Elliot. You're keeping <laughs> us holding our feet to the fire. Yeah, you you know I was a little over maybe a little over positive on the potential. <laughs> he started last season's opening day. Yeah. People so, forget that. Yeah. So I think the minutes that he got early on last year, um, I don't know. I felt like he was close to breaking through but never did and that was a problem okay so he i guess is the moreno replacement right he's a similar kind of attacking you know dribbling whatever player but that's the guy who was gonna whether you would say would have to take up the slack that you lose from moreno now obviously people would say we lost nothing from moreno because Pineda benched him down the see, down I, the stretch wrong i would see him being more of a sub coming in for like era or something just to give him like a break in certain games. If he's that player, then we're in trouble because I, I, you know, feel like we need something better than that. Now, yeah. the other one we haven't talked about who could be the upgrade, of course, uh, Etienne. We haven't talked about oh. Etienne, right? Etienne, um, perennial, excellent MLS player. Correct. I looked it up. I don't actually think he's did, been an all-star. Did he, didn't, did he play in the preseason game? No, he okay. has a slight so. knock, but okay. he's fine apparently, right. and it was just precautionary. Okay, that's so good. Almada and Etienne didn't play. Etienne's clearly the starting Moreno box to box guy, right. unless Tyler Wolf is. Okay, so okay, Etienne. Yeah, I do feel like we're very much at parity. Then I forgot about Etienne. I did forget about him. Yeah, um, and Mascara. We've got and. Caleb Wiley, another up. Yeah, another, Caleb, Wiley Caleb Wiley's, you know, he's growing into like, oh, that's a look. That's a what, look. What? What's, <laughs> Carmen, what's, what's, no, what's the look? No, I didn't really, I didn't have a, a look necessarily. No, I think Wiley is definitely up and coming. It's just for some reason, it, I don't know necessarily where he's going to fit or what, or what um, they want to do yeah. with him. Well, I think, I mean, my opinion with him is he's obviously fabulous with, his footwork. And so you've got to give him the right direction to like, same with Christian Pulisic, able to put people in the back foot. That's what he's good at. He's able to get the defense on their heels a little bit yep. and 
coach him into doing that at the right moments mm. and then being responsible for other things when that's not the case. But I think he, you got to give him the freedom to put the team on the back foot and let him terrorize. And maybe that's a substitution type of thing. He was very good when he came on last year in that role that's versus true. a starter. I thought same way mascara seems to be able to do that. I think that's an interesting I love Wiley coming off the bench initially, but in a major role coming off the bench, like Mm -hmm. 30-minute kind of role. Um, And if he plays well, he just gets more and more time, right? But, you know, if you're a tired defender in the MLS, you do not want to see a Wiley. He's he's, for a young guy. He's big. He's fast. He's physical. Now, what he lacked last year was the polish in the final third. He would often beat a guy, and then the last pass wasn't devastating. Or he got into a great he's spot, and his young. shot wasn't great. Oh, he's very, very young. Very young. Like, yeah. he might be 19. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I <laughs> so, think he's maybe only 18. 18. Yeah. So to learn a little bit of composure, I think that, like you said, like, give him those minutes, and give him those minutes in a successful, tired Last thirty minutes, and like you said, let him let him work. I'm honestly way higher on him than Tyler Wolf, I, way higher. I I don't. I certainly don't disagree. He's definitely got a higher ceiling at this yeah. point with his age, and and he's left footed. And he is left footed. It just seems like they didn't really use him towards the end of the season last year when we started. When you know they decided to go with that lineup finally for a couple of games in a row, he wasn't yeah. a part of it. So I'm just curious. Yeah, to what see. happened there? Like with all the catastrophe, or whatever, he well, wasn't. I think they that's they had got mascara onto the team, and he was getting those minutes right. And so mascara looks to me like all. You know, all fireworks and no meat. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of speed and effort. Jurgen Dom, like, yeah. you know, I mean, all the tricks in the bag and the pace, and you get nothing for it. Yeah, um, well, you seem a little higher on him last year. Well, again, again, I don't think Mascara is a terrible signing, and I actually thought we didn't use Jurgen Dam that well. You put in Jurgen Dam, you know, consistently in the last seven, eight minutes of a game. Again, you're a tired defender. You don't want a guy that pacey who yeah. wants to dribble at you. So you're just saying he's he's the he's the late. We need a goal. We need to figure something out either to break the tie, get the tie, or get the win. Yeah. Yeah, for okay. sure. Because, you know, usually you, you think you're banging on, you know, a Dom Dwyer, some guy who could score up front. Um, you know, presumably you got to figure Yakamakis is the starter and Jackson Conway's coming off the bench. I know people saying, oh, he looks so, you know, buff and whatever, but there is no way that Jackson Conway is ready to lead the line for us. It just didn't show anything of it. You know, I would have, we were really, really high on Brandon Vasquez. He looked like a guy who was almost ready to lead the line. Yeah. Um, but I have seen nothing from Jackson Conway that tells me that he's ready to lead the line. Yeah. I, I think Jackson Conway is a good player. I think he could be an MLS player. I think he looks to me at Dom Dwyer is he's a guy who I think could score a goal in the last 10 minutes. But if he's our starting forward, we're in trouble. I don't, I, I honestly am down on Conway. I, I've seen way too many opportunities for that guy coming in. He missed a bunch of sitters. He missed a bunch of sitters last year. And didn't have the composure. But his record on the twos says that he can score sitters. Okay. right? He scores those goals on twos. And people say, oh, it's the difference of the speed and the talent. But I don't really. Then this is the year. Yeah, he's got to do it. Yeah. You know, and and the same with Wolf, for that matter. He's coming back from no minutes at a Belgian second division team. This is his year or, you know. Audio. So it is, it is, you know, 
these guys are fighting for their jobs, which is a good thing, I guess. Uh, now, can they be put in a position to succeed with the right uh, formation around them? Okay, so I feel like we've said as much positive as we could possibly say. Good job, Now guys. we can maybe job, <laughs> talk guys. about the other half. Now, before we do that, Tyler Wolf, does that give us the opportunity to digress and finish off the madness that is the U.S. soccer soap opera? Well, before we do that, do we want to talk about the actual preseason game and like what you thought of the Chattanooga? We'll get to that. Oh, we're going to get to but that. That's that's when we're we taking go, an intermission. Yeah, we're taking an intermission yeah. because, to be honest, that... To me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that only leads to the dark side, Mikey Dobbs. Oh, yeah. It wasn't good. It's going to lead right into yeah. okay. So Let's go negative and then real negative. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. So for those of you who haven't been keeping up after the uh, Gio Reyna uh, hubbub with his parents and uh, Greg Berhalter and all the back and forth, Greg Berhalter has an investigation still pending. He's still in the candidate pool for... We need, like, some music. But meanwhile, uh, Brian McBride actually, even well before the World Cup in October, had already made the decision not to renew his contract as the GM for U.S. soccer. Surely did. Sure. Before. <laughs> but I ain't heard nothing. Moreover, <laughs> what does the GM do for U.S. soccer, Dave? Do you have an idea? Uh, nothing, his? right? Because you don't buy and sell players for U.S. Right. soccer. So is it what is once you select the head coach, which is what Ernie Stewart did, and the whole incestuous mountaintop, right? Um, right? So Burhalter's brother is in the organization. They ask him, you know, to 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 evaluate who might be the head coach. He talks to Burhalter. Burhalter says, I think Ernie Stewart would be the best general manager, right? When you're looking for the general manager, excuse me. Then, so Burhalter tells his brother, I think Ernie Stewart would be the best general manager. So they hire Ernie Stewart. And then Ernie Stewart turns around and hires Burhalter. <laughs> so now Ernie Stewart has also decided he's going to take a head coaching job or what's his role at PSV? Oh, he's a general manager. A general GM. So he's at, like uh, an administrative role at administrative PSV. Role. He's Dutch originally. Yeah. So he played for the U S national team, but he was born in Holland. I think his father was a U.S. serviceman and okay. his mother oh, was Dutch. I didn't know that. Okay. So, um, so yeah. you've got Ernie Stewart, who's now going to PSV. You've got Brian McBride is not coming back. You have, uh, GGG who, they're just basically saying it's still canon, but there's no way in hell there is less than a 1% chance. Burhalter, you mean? Burhalter is, yeah, sorry. Burhalter has less than a 1% chance of being rehired, in my opinion. Yes. And Not going to happen. No. Who in the hell is in charge now of picking... Well, you missed the last head to roll. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, our friend <laughs> over in Austin FC. Claudio Reyna. Yeah. Sacked. Gio's dad... Wasn't sacked. He was. He was sacked. He was sacked. Ernie Stewart sacked. <laughs> Brian McBride sacked. Right. Yeah. Claudio Reyna sacked. Everybody who was involved with this went down. Everybody yeah. went down. Everybody's going down. Who else did we got to take down? Who's who's next? I don't know. They all went left. down. There's I nobody know. left. I don't think there's anyone left to go. Yeah, Danielle doesn't actually have a official yeah. so, job, right? <laughs> US no, but, mom job. I don't know. <laughs> Can we take that from you? Now, is it a big deal, Gone. in your opinion, that we get a head coach signed before what date? Oh, I don't think there's much pressure at all, 
right, in terms of the date. And, you know, people say, oh, we got to this and that, you got to build or whatever. But, you know, whoever we hire, as we've talked about, doesn't have to qualify. So whoever we hire is going to be the head coach of the U.S. national team for the World Cup when we're playing at home, right? right. And that is still years away. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need enough time to have a lead up to that tournament, but that's an awful long time. Right. Right. Um, so I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think that we should dilly dally and, you know, drag it out. I think last time it was a catastrophe. They dragged it out for basically but, a year and then they only ever interviewed Berhalter. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Ernie Stewart claimed he did an exhaustive search. He interviewed all these people and they said, Oh yeah, give me a name. He throws out a name. Um, Pareja, they go to Pareja. They said, you know, what did you think not getting the job? He's like, I was never interviewed. Mm. <laughs> Tata Martino was like, they never reached out to me because exactly. my, well, my English wasn't good. Well, English evidently, wasn't the Atlanta United player said his English was pretty darn good when it needed so to be. So Burhalter recommended Ernie Stewart. Ernie Stewart hired Burhalter without doing nothing. And, and anybody in HR will tell you, you hire someone with no search. Not good. That's not good. Not good. So you've got to replace Stort, right, before you get the head coach jobs sorted. Presumably. Right? No, you have to. I think so, because he's the one who's supposed to hire him, right? Right. I mean, I agree. Like, Ernie Stort can't appoint the next coach, and then he's out. I no, mean, although he's not actually out yet. And, you know, we're just that crazy. You could see him making an appointment and then leaving. Right? It could happen. That well, would be it madness. Could. It would, it be, would absolutely be absolutely madness. Well, then, if, if that were to happen, who in their right mind would take his job? Right? If you're offered the U.S. national team coach job, you'd probably take it because, you know, look, I'm going to be the coach for the World Cup. Take I'd take it. it. I'd take, take it. it. Why not? Yeah, I'd Why take not? it, and then I'd probably fire that guy and go right back to the drawing board. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, so, yeah, I agree with you. you got to figure that they're hiring a GM first, and then presumably there would be that GM who would do the search... Yeah. U.S. men's national team didn't look so great. No. I mean, it was a very young whatever yeah. team, but um, no. Yeah. <laughs> didn't look fantastic. To be honest, it was a late game, the first one, and uh, I didn't stay up to watch it. I only watched the highlights. Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> the second one was kind of was a... 10 o'clock, the first okay. one. Yeah. I remember the second one made a little bit of a snooze fest, but I was yeah, kind of it was, passively it was, watching, and yeah, I don't remember yeah. a lot of excitement. Nothing exciting happened. Nil-nil draw. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so yada yada yada. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask y'all this: There's stuff. no yada 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 in no, the Columbia yada. game. No, and that's kidding. I know. But here's my question: Burhalter, is there a reason he's not just resigning at this point? Like, he doesn't just, have to resign; he's gone. They didn't renew his contract, yeah. so they oh. either have his yeah. contract ran out, so he oh. either has to be renewed or nothing. But so are we even investigating anymore? Like, what are we I don't see why. But, yeah, I guess reframe your question. Why doesn't he just take his name out of the candidate yeah, pool? like, just at go. This point? Just be like, it's been, throw the deuces. Because he still fun. wants to be coach. And he still has a chance. It's so incestuous. The general manager is, I don't know, 70, 80% likely to be a former U.S. national team player. Mm. And he could turn around and be like, screw it. We did an investigation. It was 30 years ago. He's fine. Burhalter. <laughs> There's no... Yeah. Uh, I couldn't see it. I think that would be a nightmare. Yeah, I don't. I but don't. yeah, gotcha. Okay. You know, <laughs> again. Can we please move on? All yes. right, we're moving. Let's move on. We're Chattanooga. 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 All right. Can we please move on? 
Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good, Dave. Really? It was Are not good. Sure? I'm positive. I've watched a lot of soccer in my day. Okay. Um, and this game left me really struggling. I want to reiterate to you, dear podcast listener, we tried hard to stay positive. We really tried. <laughs> I was like, I was honest as I was looking. I was just like, what positives can I take away from this team? What positives can the players in that first half, particularly, which was our starting lineup, right? Starting lineup. Um, it, you know, it was a, a good percentage of our starters outside of Etienne and Almada, right? We're all out there that were available. And, boy, it was painful to watch. I did not see anything creative against a team that is very much a lesser team and should be that was playing one touch soccer against us at many, many moments and just made us look really, really JV. It was, it was, it was one of those moments where I'm like, why did I start a podcast about an MLS team? <laughs> why? All right. Wait, let's back that's, up. A that's, half step. That, if you want to okay. know how I felt, that yeah. was like oh. everything I've said Ouch. about the MLS might be wrong. It might not be one of the pro- most progressing leagues because that oh. soccer and what we did out there was horrific. And I have, Nothing positive to say about the first half on even if we are trying to get something right in terms of playing out of the back or some sort of identity. I don't know. Did, am I wrong? Did anybody well, let's co- go. comment on YouTube, people? I want to know. Like, did you guys see anything? <laughs> am I out of my mind? I can give me in a specific example of what we did that's positive in that game. I mean, what did we do? Okay, <laughs> let's just tell them who the starting lineup was. <sighs> Rad Guzan in goal. <laughs> Brooks Lennon at right back. Miles Robinson and, and uh, Parata in the center. And Gutman on the left. A center midfield trio of Sosa at defensive midfield in front of, uh, behind uh, Josetu and Ibarra. Um, the wingers were Machapchol and Araujo. And up top was Jackson Conway. So that is, you know, right now our starting lineup. Obviously, Tiago Almada didn't play. He would be in the starting lineup because um, he had a slight knock. Nothing mm-hmm. serious. He's going to be fine. And presumably Etienne would be in the starting lineup. So you got to figure that it would be Almada instead of Machop Chol. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> and it would be presumably Etienne instead of either Abara or Josetu or Sosa, one of the three. Yeah. Chol did not look good. His, he kept trying to get to the end line and cross. Couldn't do it with any sort He's of quality. trying to do too much. Trying to do too much. Uh, his first and second touch were not good mm. at all. And I get that because it's preseason, it's rusty. So okay. I, I get that. Uh, um, and so I've, that's just one player out of the way. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, who, who else do we got? Give me another player. Jackson Conway. Jackson Conway. I don't remember anything. Yeah, to I can't say. remember a single dang thing he did. I don't even know if really? he was in the game. I, you, if you told me he was in the game, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. No clue. I don't remember a single so thing. So not he did. good. Not good. Who else? Keep going. <laughs> Luis Araujo. Two goals. Two goals. All athletic from a guy that you would expect. One to, was a PK. Yeah, one was a PK. One he like poached a ba- you know bad defense, and he's. A, the type of class player you would expect to use his speed. And didn't Machop Chol score the third Jumped. goal? Uh, 
He did, he did score. He did score. Now you said one, Jackson right. Conway didn't do anything, not Machop Toll, but just so you know, mm-hmm. I think he scored. Okay. Machol did, not not okay. Jackson Conway. Well, <laughs> at that point, I was already reeling that it was uh, <laughs> a game where we were tied with a club that had no business score. First off, a, a club that had no business scoring three goals against oh, us. So okay. we got. All my, right, you want to start there? Let's start out of the back. How do you give up three goals to well, Chattanooga? First off, when you're a goalie that's recovering at age 47. And wait, is he 47? How old is he? Is not, not 47. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I'm being he's a little. Not even 40. Okay. Now I'm 47. Yes. He sure as hell looked like he was my age. He's like 38, 39. 38, 39. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's right. Maybe I'm that's being right. a little dramatic here. But when you save the ball from going out of bounds and you push it to the striker to give him an opportunity to score. That's not good. Now, let me tell you here. Pineda, is that, is that I how a, I saw it? I, I have know. a series of Pineda quotes. He Uh-oh. said that go. Uh, he was upset after watching a group composed of his first teamers give up three goals in the first 45 minutes, despite the fact that the team spent almost, well, much of its first sessions in training camp in improving its defense. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. Ooh. Even I didn't even watch the game, but just seeing y'all's texts, I could tell defense not so. <laughs> the good. defense no. was atrocious. It was it was something else. They just shredded us. I mean, I mean the goal we gave up. I mean, Guzan goes diving outside the post just to stop a ball from going over the end line. He just spills it, and the guy just you know comes across it yeah, and I scores. Mean, so it's a terrible goal. Yeah. But not, forget that. Forget. Who cares? I yeah, don't care I, about I, that. I agree. Like, look, I whatever. Like, it, I 100% like that. And Guzan's going to be fine. Guzan, I, I, as much as I gave him shit there, it, it, it is going to be fine. That's exactly what preseason is for. I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> but, oh, don't give up two more, Dave. But do you know why we were giving up goals? Tell me. Did you see what our outside backs were doing? They were moving up the field, you're it saying? It was the exact same goals we've been giving up to MLS teams all last year. And if you think Chattanooga is going to score those goals, MLS teams are going to score yeah. those goals too. Ooh. It was the same thing. We got caught out time and time again, and we're scrambling to get back and getting beat off the dribble because everybody who, who was in front of Gutman again? It was Chol, right? Chol, Machop okay. Chol. So, yeah, he was way up. Lennon's always way up. Right. Um, uh, so, what do I have to say? So, he says so- that he's working all preseason on defense, right? What's, what's he doing? What's the difference? Did you see anything different? No. And I, yeah. And, well, hold on. Let's go to Lennon. What did you see positive out of Lennon? Nothing. I mean, I mean, he got forward and did the same thing that he did all. I mean, to be honest, he looked exactly like he did all of last year. Occasionally a good forward, you know, maybe capable of delivering a ball. Terribly out of position. To, to what Horrible end? defending. To what end? And we didn't score a goal against him. You, know, so you might have said, like, look, this is our chance, right? If that's really system's going to work, Brooks Lennon should be able to torch Chattanooga. He should get the crosses. And Jackson Conway should have had a feast. Maybe he doesn't score, but he should have had three, four, yeah. five, six, you know, chances yeah. off of Lennon crosses. Did you see it? No. Jackson Conway pressed the line up, up high. Lennon crossed it early. Right. How about a couple of those? Instead of trying to Lennon get to the end line, Chol get to the end line, how about an early cross where you're just bombing? And supposedly, Isn't the whole the- thing is also because we're supposed to be a pressing team. 
Pineda keeps talking about us as a pressing team. Did we churn over Chattanooga in their end? No, we did not, right? We got destroyed in the midfield, okay? So, so this, this brings us to, ready? to the second quote. Rosetu and Ibarra. Yeah. Um, so he said, Pineda says, Tiago Amada was a late scratch because of a minor knock. Um, it wasn't serious. Okay, because of that, Sosa was a late add. So Sosa wasn't going to start. So that says that he thinks our starting lineup is presumably Hazetu, defensive midfielder. Why in the world he thinks Hazetu is a defensive midfielder, I will ever, never know. He's not. He doesn't win challenges. He doesn't, doesn't regain possession. Right? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Yeah, go ahead. Time out. <laughs> You're suggesting that Pineda thinks Sosa is not a starter. That's what he just said. He said because of that, Sosa was a late add. Okay, if this if this starts to come to any sort of fruition, I'm I'm all right, going to lose your mind. I know. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> and then he says, "You can't be right." I think that's that's just him not being. That's what he said. I know it's well, what he said. Maybe Sosa had a little knock and wasn't going to play, yeah. and then Almada's knock was. He did bigger. have a cast or something on his arm. Oh, maybe I don't. Anyway. Know. So he says, moving him into the lineup as a defensive midfielder, Sosa that is, forced Josetu to move into the attacking position and Ibarra to move up and play as a central midfielder alongside Josetu in some situations. Pineda said Ibarra hadn't trained at the position and didn't know the movements. Pineda said, but he said that Pineda is good, uh, Ibarra is good enough to learn how to play each position. <laughs> Abara played a ton of games last year at that position. Abara played a ton of games yes, in that position. Yes, he did. That was and his starting he, role. Even if he didn't, right? What kind of midfielder doesn't know how to play midfield? I just feel like pushing buttons. Just like awesome. <laughs> He's on can you can you give us the straight jacket one? Because this. Somebody should put a straight jacket on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that that to me is... So we got dominated in the center of the midfield by Chattanooga. Yeah. Which is not a good sign. Now, you'd say, all right, he doesn't have Etienne. But Almada's not going to help you defensively in the midfield or win the, the battle. He's, you know, yeah. going to be the creative guy, right? So for all intents and purposes, we had, you know, you might say that... In an attacking role, maybe Etienne's the guy. But on games where we really wanted to, you know, we're on the road in some, you know, hostile good team, we want to pack it in a little bit, you'd go with the three more defensive players. It would be Sosa, Abara, and Josetu. Those guys would be the really good defensive center midfield. Right. And they got run over by Chattanooga. And I will point out for all those who say, oh, maybe Chattanooga was more in midseason form. They started preseason only five or six days before this game just to play this game. They started after us. So why, why is it that we're seeing Ibarra and Josetu take a, a back step when they do have Sosa behind them, who's a great defensive center mid? Yeah, they're talented, and I thought Sosa didn't look yeah. at all up to speed, and maybe that was the point. Maybe he had this cast on his arm. Maybe he hasn't been playing because of his arm, and maybe he is a he's not quite ready yet or something. Yeah. So I thought Sosa was not that great. Yeah. Uh, so fair, but regardless of whether Sosa was not that great, 
we have to be able to dominate the midfield against Chattanooga, right, with those guys. If they are the guys, if you get run over, regardless of how not ready Sosa is, if you get run over in the midfield by Chattanooga, that to me says either the players suck so it, or that the tactics are all wrong. So what tactics would you have changed? And we talked about it last year. It's likely Chol and Lennon that are part of that equation to not leave Ibarra and Josetu in the position of getting one touched around. Like We got killed, in do. my opinion. We got killed on the outlet in transition, so... They were really good in transition. I think you probably yeah. would agree. Chattanooga, they really got out. It was one touch. They get yeah, out they back. released it really fast. And they had but they speed, had guys, guys wide open. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. problem. They had guys wide open on the sides, right? That first ball. So if you're going to be a pressing team, we should have been able to press Chattanooga. If you can't press Chattanooga, you're not pressing an MLS team. And if you're going to press a team, I always talk about this. If you're going to press a team, it starts in the back. You have to have that first outlet taken away. Otherwise, the guy is chasing like a madman, and it doesn't do nothing because they just play an easy ball and we're out and go. Yeah. And that's what Chattanooga did all day. So we have done nothing to fix that problem, that they have an easy outlet, and they were able to build up and go down the sides against us all the time. And that is not Sosa or Ibarra or Josetu's problem. That is a tactic problem in the formation. And you would think you would watch the whole off-season video. You'd watch the whole damn thing, see that every single team beat us that way, and you would make an adjustment. He's right? I mean... He's on fire! Do Ibarra and Huzetsu suck, though? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't think so. Let's clarify that, then. We I'm don't think huge, they suck. High, high. I think Ibarra's a little young. He's not quite ready yet. And I'm not super high on Josetu, but I don't think they suck. Do I think that they're really, really good? No. But yeah. do I think that they suck? No. no. Do I think they should be able to dominate Chattanooga? Yes. In fact, I think there was a moment when both of them were progressing, and then it took a huge dive. They stalled. They stalled, and then they've just gone backwards which is a shame for their careers because i do think that the both of them could be great players and you could, could be very solid players. you can see that in the quotes that pineda hasn't has hasn't changed his tune right so here's the quote it was supposed to work like this this is pineda in attack according to pineda when Atlanta United had the ball, Ibarra was supposed to drop back beside sosa to give almada and araujo more space inside and more space to the airplanes Lennon and Goodman on the wings outside running in behind Chattanooga's last line so that is that's the tactic does that sound a lot like last year's tactic well it also doesn't sound like it worked right like running (laughs) every time Chole got the ball right like again he was coming back to it to receive it and then he had was forced to Figure out some moves to try to get to the end line and cross it. That's yeah. what I saw. And is Lennon ever going to run by anybody? No. No. But you know who could? Who could is Ronald Hernandez. Well, maybe. Wiley. Well, I don't, Wiley. Oh, yeah. And Araujo. Yeah. Why in the world isn't the system set up for Araujo to... If, Pineda, point. if you want an airplane... 
right? Here's here's my here's my test of Pineda. Okay, yeah. his airplanes who are his flying guys down the wing. That's the that's the metaphor, right? Yeah. Flying guys down the wing. First, you might want to find out who's the fastest, right? So do me a test. Do me a favor, Pineda, which would be ridiculous. I would never suggest you actually do this. Go out and take. Uh, Go out and take Araujo and take Brooks Lennon on a track and let them run a 100-yard dash against each other and see who finishes first. Yeah. Araujo going to, like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a 20-yard gap. Yeah. Right? And then you say to me, who do you want running behind the defense? Who's your airplane? Araujo. Right? Why isn't the system designed for Araujo to get in behind people? He's fast and strong and skillful. And there might be a guy named Almada that can slot a ball to him yes. behind the defense. That's your system. Get Almada on the ball. Get Araujo running. Get Ronald Hernandez playing fullback and playing and get defense. Get fullbacks playing fullback. Because <laughs> you know who came on in the second half and looked pretty decent with the other yeah. kind of second stringers? was Ronald, Ronald Hernandez, Hernandez. A Venezuelan starter for the national team, which God only knows why they don't see what we see in Ronald Hernandez. It's a guy who, who freaking knows how to play defense. Well, because he doesn't fit the system. You're right. He right. doesn't fit the airplane model. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Our airplanes have been grounded. You know what? You know what the permit we should call the Veneta attacking formation? Here's here it is. Ready? Here Are you ready? I'm ready. Southwest. So, <laughs> it's the grounded airline. <laughs> can, can I get a boom shakalaka? Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Oh, you're going oh, ATL too. Sorry, I'm just pressing everything. Right. My bad, my bad. Roadcasting crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's the problem. I love how this podcast is going off the <laughs> it's, rails. It's going off the rails in a, in a heartbeat. Might be the wine, it might be the truth serum the truth that we're drinking. I don't know. Okay, so, so I guess this is our preseason sort of prediction kind of thing. Now, we don't know yet because we don't know. We're assuming that. <laughs> yeah, I can't get it right. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> I'm doing you a favor yeah, here. Yakimakis. You're not taking my lead. No, I'm trying to get his name right. I'm trying to you be. Couldn't appropriate. even get Gutman's name right all last season. I know. I and you think Gutman you're gonna going. get that? Cats yeah. is trying to be respectable and yeah. get the man's name. Yakimakis. <laughs> anyway, so assuming we get Yakimakis, assuming we get Abrams, right? So we'll just assume that right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, what, what's the prediction? Uh, uh, how do you see us doing? I think put you on the spot right now. <laughs> I think we will be seventh in the table all by just like, we can't be 10th again, but I don't <laughs> see any, I mean, it was, it, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, seventh would we'll just make the playoffs. We'll fizzle out. Carmen. Oh, Eighth? Does that make playoffs? I think it's the same, basically. We'll make the playoffs. Eight, seven makes the playoffs. Seven, seven? makes playoffs. Seven is just in the playoffs. Oh, God. We might be eighth. And yeah. we might not make it. We're, yeah. We're right there. We're right there. I but have nothing us, exciting. I have us at eight or nine. Yep. I don't think we make the playoffs. We might be a little bit better than last year, maybe a little bit closer. It is also possible to me that if we don't do well after a while, the rails could just totally fall off. People just 
totally abandoned Pineda system at all. And yeah, because I think to be honest, the locker room culture that was the problem last year without having been in the locker room, if I had to guess, it wasn't really a problem until we started losing. Okay. So Dave, and I, I got this wrong when I posted it on Twitter, but um, in terms of Atlanta United's uh, first three games, um, our last uh, preseason game is, at St. Louis, the new expansion team, which I actually thought was their starting game, which I was incorrect there. Yeah, that's just an exhibition. So our first game is against San Jose at home. Uh, San Jose, I think, was like bottom of the table, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last year in their division. Got to win that, right, at home? San Jose? San Jose? Yeah. Okay, win. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. well, you say we have to win. Are we going to win? Hold on. We have to win. It's a must win. <laughs> yeah, it's a must win game. Okay. <laughs> right out the gate. We right are going to win. I'm going to be the positive person. We are yeah. going to Second game at home against Toronto. Second to last in the division, if I'm They're not They're a missing. young team. Bradley's had a year to coach them for a year. They're going to be a better team this year. He just got Sean Johnson. Yeah. They did. Team. Okay. Well, whew, that's going to be Why hard. Why couldn't we get Sean Johnson? Okay. Because Still at home. <laughs> still against a young team that shouldn't. Be good. No. Nope. Might be good because it's MLS. I get it. But there's no reason we shouldn't win that game except okay. for Sean Johnson. Because that guy can stop some goals. Yeah, man. he really can. He can. You had to, yeah, you kind of threw that he good. curveball. He's <laughs> good. Very good. All right. It's my best, then my best. on the road, our first road game isn't that far away. It's in Charlotte. Okay. A started team that played above their skis last year or over their skis. They were good for a while. They just fell off the yeah. face of the earth towards the end, yeah. right? I think they played on some adrenaline and got it. But I think there's a reckoning there. Uh, so I think we should go 3-0 and to start the season. 2-1, uh, and one, okay. Anything worse than that, we're in trouble. I, I got a quote for you, Mikey Dobbs. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Pineda, when asked about the game overall. The Chattanooga game. Chattanooga game. We can see a lot of mistakes that we had, but also, also Mikey Dobbs, a lot of good actions. Name one. I re- on, wait, 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 wait. I'm wait, asking wait, our listeners. I'm asking our listen. listeners. Get on the chat and give me one good action. We can see a lot of mistakes that we had, but also a lot of good actions. I really think that Chattanooga plays good football, and they did. They're a very good team. They're a very good team for their <laughs> their level of league, but not an MLS team. Yes, of course, I, I think their coach is terrific. Yeah. I think they actually play well. That's all true. Are they a very good team for playing against an MLS team? No. <laughs> Not only that, they won the title last year in the third division, right? They're not even in the USL. They're below the USL. They're Seriously? In the third, yes, they're in the third division. They won the title, though. But here's the problem. They won the title, and something like yeah. nine of their players are not returning because they all moved up to the USL because they were good. Yeah, and in fact, I think <laughs> right? if, if you want to put what? it on the English Premier League terms, right, you've got MLS, USL, MLS next, and then whatever league that is, right? Yeah. It's so, kind of like Wrexham level. Yeah. It's not non-league. It's non-league. Back up, back up, back up. Yeah. So you're telling me they're like third tier yeah. yes. and had only been in training camp five for days. about five days. It was less than a week, yeah. Good oh, Lord. 
I'm, 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 yeah. my positivity is slow. They scored three goals against our I mean, first team. Carmen, yeah. I looked, I After honestly. After we worked on defense all the preseason. Uh, I, because it's preseason, I'm like, I don't really care about the result right. or whatever. It can be, can be a total free for all. And then in the second half, we put in the younger players. And I, and, and by the way, I'm not really judging this game on the second half where we put in the younger players. I actually thought they played way better than our starters. Yes. Way better. Yeah, Noah Cobb looked good. Yeah. I mean, they're all, I think he's a little overhyped, but um, he looked good. Yeah. So we're <laughs> judging this on the first half and our starters and what our coach is trying to accomplish as far as tactics and a system that he's setting ourselves on a course to be ready for that San Jose game. Mm-hmm. I'm looking and I'm wondering what is going on. And it's just. The definition of insanity, because it was the same thing over and over again. You know what's crazy? I mean, maybe it's not crazy. We've been hanging out too long. I was literally going to say the definition of insanity is doing the same Same thing thing and expecting different results. And that was what I was looking for in this opening game. Okay, you know, we maybe fixed the culture or whatever in the thing, but basically we have a similar squad, right? So what's different? What are we going to do differently to fix the problems? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. We're going to do the exact same thing and hope that we don't have the injuries and Miles Robinson and Guzan and getting rid of a couple of attitudes is enough. And you're going to find out, dear podcast listeners, all of those people out there who say that, you know, it was the injuries and it was the bad attitude. And as long as we have a good attitude and we don't have the injuries, we're going to be much, much better. You're going to find out whether that's true. We are, and I, you know, mm. it's one thing if we come in seventh place or sixth place, and that's like best case scenario in my mind. But are we playing exciting, attractive football? Think back to 2017, right? Like, I mean, from game one, it was exciting soccer to watch. When can we get back to that? We don't. Well, you know, we don't have to even make the playoffs. I don't even care. Get back to exciting soccer. The interesting thing here is the interesting thing. Boring. So, if you go back to Seattle. And I have now because, you know, Pineda came from there. And Seattle is a little bit feast or famine. They have also the same formation with the attacking outside guys. They get a lot of guys forward. And when it's going right, it does score goals. When it's going poorly, they give up a bunch of goals, right? And so you kind of think, you know, to, to be fair, again, to Pineda, and this is a new season, we're giving him, you know, a new birth, Right. His system is designed, we have the most players forward. I mean, you saw it. There are times when, and this is true of Seattle too, there are times when we have literally only two players back. So it's an aggressive system. It's supposed to be designed to score goals. And at times in Seattle, it works. They have overwhelmed other teams and score goals. So it is possible that that would happen here and they could get on a run. I just, the problem I have is that those teams were built that way. The outside backs are really much better. That They're built to be two-on-one on the outsides, right? They have guys playing together, playing for the team. They don't have an Araujo. They don't have a Tiago Amada, right? And so those guys are not going to go and play with you 2v1, you know, and try to beat you yeah. with overwhelming, you know, an overlap with, you know, Brooks Lennon. Those guys are going to get on the ball, create things, dribble into gaps, make a play, whatever. It seems like... We're at X's and O's, sixes and sevens. Like yeah. the f- team still does not fit that. So question with this Peruvian center back that's supposed to be coming in. Do you think I, I haven't read much about him? Do you put him 
as the starter above Parata and Parata becomes the backfill or is Parata meant to be the, the starter next to Miles, you think? My feeling is that it's early cover for Miles. If Miles gets out of the gate poorly because of the injury, he's there to cover. Ultimately, it's a battle between Parata and this guy. They're on paper, you would say this guy's probably on paper a better defender. He actually started out, I think, in South America, okay. and he went to Spain. He got a big transfer to Spain because he played really, really well, okay. right? And he did initially well there, but then fell off the earth, right? Mm -hmm. And um, started not playing very much. Moved back to Mexico, I believe, okay. and was starting every game again. They said that he had a loss of form, but he's supposed to be a guy that went on his day was people were thinking about him as a La Liga player. Okay. He played in La Liga. Okay. Right? So... So I would say he has a higher ceiling, and I think the management has to be thinking that he ultimately would beat out Parada. So, he, so assuming we sign him, that answers a little of our question of like who the center back's going to be. That's cover for Miles and or some depth in that position. We still have some more depth question marks there. We need more depth there. I don't know why we'd sign another midfielder. I think we need another center back personally. On top of Abrams? So you want a fourth center back. Who's who's the other one? We have three. Yeah, we got Abrams, Parata, and Miles Robinson. The Peruvian guy's Abrams? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I would want a fourth one. Okay. Well, I think to me you don't need it because you have Hernandez who's capable of filling in as a center back or a right back. So I think three is fine. Has Hernandez ever played center back? Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't ever remember him filling in. He there. has, and okay. he's more than capable of doing it. And same, same with Gutman. And Gutman then you can get Wiley play center so back. Yeah. Okay. Wiley um, Gutman is the starting left back, and Wiley presumably is a is a more forward player if yeah. he's going to be a starter or coming off the bench. But if Wiley, if uh, Gutman goes down, Wiley has yeah. center uh, left back experience. So knowing what we know now, which I would say, other than this one other mystery signing that's yet to be announced, right. Uh, who is your starting lineup, or who do you think as the team gets healthy at this, with what we know now, if, if, if Dave is coaching the team, who starts and in what position and why? So, to me, obviously the center back pairing. Who's the goalkeeper? Oh, who's the goalkeeper? It's Guzan. Okay. I mean, just want to clarify. I that. mean, obviously, if he shows that he is really making mistakes because he's favoring it early, then you got to have a short leash, yeah. right? We have a decent backup, MLS experience, and honestly, I wouldn't have a, a short leash forever. Like, like as in, he doesn't play well, yank him, let the other guy start for three or four games, and give him another chance. Right. Let him let him relax a little bit. Let him get more training in. You know, if he starts out well, then he's the guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Center back, I think, obviously, you got to start with Miles Robinson and, and Parata. Okay. But, you know, we haven't seen Abrams. You give him every chance to, to beat him out. Yeah. Right? To beat out I, either. I am hopeful that he would beat him out on his de defensive merits yeah. over Parata. Yeah. Because I like I like uh, Parata to come in in certain games and get up there and yeah. where it's tactically smart, where you know you're going to need those headers in the goal. And yeah, the other thing about that. Parata is he's a great, you know, on the road in a tough environment. You could play five in the back yeah. and play Parata as an extra guy and let him get forward some, right? Totally. That's that's fine, right? I love that idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then Gutman, obviously, 
the best player on our team. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he no, if, he's if, not. But he, nice well, try. he was last year. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No. Tiago Amada. Tiago is our best player by far. Yeah, yes. come on, Dave. Yeah, well. I mean, by any measure. most important player last year, I think, was Goodman. But anyway, they're very close. And Almada's a much better, much higher ceiling. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, and then to me, Hernandez at right back. You got to have you got to have somebody who defends, right? So we're five players in now. I'm 100% agreed with you. So yeah. you got Goose, two center backs are Miles, Parata, no. Ronald Hernandez on the right fullback, Goodman, left fullback. I always feel like... And Sosa, I'm sure, in front of those yeah. four. Yeah, I mean, we have a problem in that, you know, I would love to have, if you're keeping the outside backs back more, and they're attacking occasionally, but not, you know, all the time, then you need wingers. So to me, Araujo would not be inverted. He would be on the left side. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a shame because actually maybe the best other winger on our team Wiley. is Wiley. Yeah. Um, so I could see Araujo and Wiley. Yeah. And let Araujo do his crazy inverted thing. But I really think that Araujo is best on the left. I would be working with Araujo but, all the time to run, run, run. But run. even though like, I, I don't think I've ever seen Wiley inverted because uh, he's left footed, no. correct? Why not? <laughs> so that would be interesting to flip that around just to see what would happen. But okay. So let's recap. You've got the four in the back we just talked about and then Sosa in front of them, right? I'm just... I'm putting words in your mouth there, but I know you love Sosa, so that's who you've picked as... Yeah, certainly Sosa, to me, is is the first... One of the first names on the team sheet every time. you got to have him. It's defensive. Yeah. Um, and then the obvious thing is the two attacking midfielders. I wouldn't have Jose, too. I wouldn't have Ibarra. It would be Etienne and Almada. Okay. As the two guys sitting in front of him in the midfield with a lot of freedom... Right, Etienne maybe at times a little bit more stay at home, be defensive beside Sosa, Thiago Amada a little bit more freedom to go where he is. But that's the three in the midfield, right? Yeah. Let's go. Um, and I would have real wingers. So would you? So who are you starting as your wingers? Well, we got a problem, right? You know because the system has you know the players have. Yeah, you're the coach, man. What you fix the problem. Who are you starting? <laughs> you got talent. Well, to me, Araujo has to be playing left wing for okay. sure. So you're going to put him out on the left, use his natural left, not inverted. Yeah. Okay. And to be honest, uh, I think to me, I would have Brooks Lennon sitting in front initially, yeah. sitting in front of Hernandez. And you're suggesting that that doesn't work, figure out Wiley back to the left, Araujo back to the right, or some, some sort of formation switch there? To be honest, I think, you know, what could happen is, you know, um, Almada could go out to the left if you needed it. There's some flexibility there. I like him much more through the middle. I would start him there. To me, honestly, he holds the keys to the kingdom, right? Yeah. So he should be in the most dangerous spots. To be honestly, a free license to go where he wants, to find gaps. Yeah. But basically in the middle of the field. And the, you know... Pineda has the right idea in that he you have to have outside people to draw people away from Almada. Yeah. He just has the wrong guys doing it. And he has those guys doing it, and we're so vulnerable in the back, we don't need it. It should be, you know, his airplanes who are not only getting down the thing, but down the wings, but also opening it up for Almada. His yeah. airplane is Araujo. Yeah. 
Now, I would and never then, have let Moreno go because I would have had the book and be Moreno, but yeah. he's gone. But Moreno was an airplane. He's more of a skilled player, but he can go by people. But he kind of slowed down after he went by them with a quick burst. I would say Wiley's more of your other airplane. Right. He's the only other guy who has pace to get by. Now, he's got to prove it, I mean, in terms of being able to go all 90, but to your point, he can definitely so, go for 30. I can also see, to be honest, I would be hoping that Wiley does such a good job. He forces my hand. Wiley becomes the left winger. Araujo goes inverted on the right, right wing, and you let that, you know, happen, right? Um, and then, of course, Papa Giorgio up front, right? And Papa Giorgio up front. Turning you over. <laughs> <laughs> Yakamakas. 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 Yeah. So there we go. There's our, our starting lineup. Let's recap. We got Braguzan. In the back, yep. goalkeeper. We've got Parata, Miles Robinson, center backs, Gutman on the left, and Ronald Hernandez on the right. Sosa in front, leading as the defensive center midfielder. Yep. In front of him, we have Etienne and Almada. On the left, we have Araujo, Brooks Lennon to start on the right as our airplanes. And then up front, we've got Papa Giorgio. Yep. I... Would have picked the exact same starting lineup. So we are 100% aligned, which is kind of All annoying. All right. Look at <laughs> there. I, mean, well, I, yeah. I, I think I would, yeah, I agree. Like, Lennon is the the X factor, and, and whether you bring in Wiley and do some sort of creative thing, certainly in certain games, I think you should use that to your advantage. I'm right? not Where, such a big Josetu fan, so to me on the road, you would think about Ibarra coming in for Etienne if he really... I mean, we haven't seen Etienne, so yeah, I just, I we no don't idea. really know. I mean, if he's not as good a defensive player, then on the road you might want to have Ibarra as a... You know, we've talked about Man United and Fred, who was brought in for Man United to be the defensive midfielder. He's an awful defensive midfielder, mm. right? Because he's all action. He gets in tackles. He wins balls all the time. But he also is rush of blood to the head. He's all over the freaking mm. place. He has no discipline, right? And he does crazy things. So in the end, it doesn't work because he makes four, five, six awesome plays and then gives up a goal, right? Mm. But... When you play a real defensive midfielder like they have in Casemiro, and now in certain moments you play Fred in front of him, now you have two defensive midfielders who the front guy can be much more aggressive, you can really do damage. And to me, Ibarra looks like that. He's a little bit more aggressive. He's not as smart reading the game as, as Sosa is, but he's a good in the tackle. He wins the ball back. He's feisty. He gets in fights. Yeah. You like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and on the road, playing Ibarra in front of Sosa as a destroyer works for me or late in the game when you have yeah. a lead. I feel like when everything else is working around Ibarra and it's set up the way, he can really play well. Yeah. But when it's not, he makes silly mistakes and looks looks out of place. But I think that's more about the thought of what's around him and setting him up for success and is on his own. But the key is, I mean, Pineda has the right idea, which is you've got to open up space for Almada and you have to have guys who can get in behind. Here's the problem though. We have our outside backs going forward and every MLS team has said to us, fine, give it to Lennon, give it to Gutman. As long as you don't give it to Almada, we're still not going to leave him. You give it to him. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Have time. You know, go fun. You know, go play. <laughs> right. And 
what are you going to do? You're crossing into nobody, right? Yeah. And that's a problem because they just let them have it and it's not good enough to break anybody down. Well, especially when you don't throw the change up, which is called the early cross. Right. We never play the early cross anymore because we don't have that commitment for those guys to get in the box early, which I'm really hoping Papa Giorgio can show that he can press the line forward create the creative space for Amada maybe to pick it back up and make another beautiful pass or let Lennon bomb down and make an early cross. I mean, that's the type of movement I think we've got to see versus. I do think Yakamakis, when he's set up by Almada in these perfect situations, he's going to score. So more like you're thinking right down the center type of. Yeah. A little, little flip. Little, yeah. Little, yeah. Set him through. But that all to me, it, it all depends on it's not Gutman and Lennon who you want breaking into this space. It's, Araujo. The key to the whole thing is you have to be afraid of Araujo running in space. And the problem with Araujo right now in this system is he hangs back and he gets the ball at his feet. Now that's okay because he can go by a guy, but it's really good if he's running and we feed him. He's frightening. He is a frightening player. We couldn't find one opportunity, Dave, against Chattanooga to pass <laughs> the ball to Luis Araujo while he was on his front foot running into it. I know. Not once. Well, in fairness, he doesn't run that much. And and to me, that's coaching, right? You could be yeah. like, I would have been like, on him, on him, on him. You got to be. What I would say to Araujo is you get out on the wing. You don't need to defend very much. But be out on that space. So force somebody. So yeah. the defender has two options. He can either come out to you, right? If he comes out to you, you freaking take off behind him yeah. and say bye bye, yeah. right? And you try to get the ball served into you. If he doesn't come out to you, we're going to serve you all day as the open guy. And at least we have Araujo running at a defender rather than Brooks mm-hmm. Lennon running at a defender. If, if you have Almada with a ball and his head is up and Araujo is running behind the back line at all. You don't think Almada can chip it over and play it right on a plate to him. Right. That's so, it should be so frightening or Almada is good enough to see that, that Araujo is going to check back to it after he's pressed the line up and do come back to it. And there's just so many things I'd be so excited about. Well, the thing that you have to do is you need your back four to be aggressive and up the field and winning balls. Right? So if you say Hernandez, Gutman, Miles Robinson, Parata, you say that that back four has some strength. It's got some pace. Nobody's going to run behind them. They can get really far up the field and win balls. And your job is to win it, give it to Arujo. Win it to give it to Almada. Win it, give it to Etienne, right? And just recycle it. And forget about being, we don't want you on the end of a run. We mostly want you just winning balls at midfield. Which Gutman and Hernandez can do all day Because the moment long. you have it marked up, you're going to see an absolutely brilliant Sosa because the only way you can beat Sosa is they have an easy outlet. There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. As soon as you have it marked up, now Sosa can go hunting. Yeah. And when Sosa goes hunting, I don't know if you've been watching Casemiro <laughs> at Manchester United, but he's turning the ball over all the time. And if you have Ronald Hernandez behind Lennon, Lennon might start playing really well and I'll get off his back a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. 
And and honestly, if Lennon wasn't so far back, he's a better. Def- you have another defensive yeah. guy in front of Hernandez, and if he stays up where you use him as an outlet. Now you might find that he actually serves an early ball because he's going to have all day to get his head up. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what Etienne's about, too. I have no idea he's an X-factor in this season, I think. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, in a perfect world, he's a poor man's Nogby. Yeah. Um, where he can really keep the ball and just get it on to the next guy. I think he's a little bit more attacking than that and not as good in possession as that, but... Okay. So, yeah, that leaves us with, I mean, who's that to who's more ticky-tacky in the middle? Like, he doesn't play overly offensively. He's not a great defender. I don't see a huge role for him. Yeah, I don't but, see, uh, but honestly, I don't Pineda see, thinks he's the defensive midfield. I don't see a big role for who's that to. I don't see a big role, obviously, for a Marcetic. And no, we haven't even talked. I'm about, about to say, and he's going to be the I'm, starter, probably. Oh God, no! Don't even say that. That's ridiculous. It's seriously ridiculous. He's got to be the starter. No, he's not, Dave. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> On opening, you day. shut your mouth. Wait, what am I doing? Wait, what am I doing? Abara, I still see upside. Yes. I, I was just going to say, I thought you were going to say, I don't see anything from a bar, and I was going to be like, no, I disagree. Uh, Damn it. You're agreeing <laughs> on everything. What is happening yeah. here? Because we're been, watching the same game. We're watching the same it's game. It's just Pineda who's not watching the same game. Got what? It. What? What is he it. watching? I don't know. I don't know at this point. And he had the whole season to do it. And an if you were listening to this, I hope I'm so wrong. Yeah. But I don't. Prove us wrong. Prove us go wrong. Go on a crazy run. Go on a crazy be, run. Be amazing. But that would be fantastic. To be oh. honest, I would say, I would go out on a limb. Even if Pineda somehow goes on a, a crazy run, which is possible with this system. I've said it's feast or famine. Right. They can go on a run. He could even have a run where he ends up, you know, fourth place in the table, third place in the table because they get hot. They maintain it over a certain period of time. They have a stretch where it's not so good, but it's good enough. MLS, you know, yeah. is a very marginal league. It's a small they're, difference between hang, third and ten. around the hoop a little bit. Yeah, and you could see it. If that happens with this system, the next year we're going right back to tenth mm-hmm. because there's nothing sustainable about it. Nothing. So, Dave, do you see that? That's the dying fire. <laughs> fire is I, think, I think we came out strong out of the gates. Preseason, Chattanooga, 3-3. Definition of insanity, not because we want to be down on the team, but it's not. I just want to, I know you want, I want to say one more thing. So if, if you're a coach, regardless of, you know, forget your Pineda, forget your even Atlanta United, right? But if you're a coach and you finish 10th place, right? Particularly if you finish 10th place with the leading, you know, Payroll. Most expensive payroll. But let's say you just finished 10th place. The only player in MLS history to be in a World Cup The first team. thing that you have to be thinking about in the offseason is something has to change, right? Yeah. I, what I don't understand is this idea that, which I think he's thinking, that it's players who got plucked out the injuries and culture and that's the difference between 10th place and third place or fourth place or whatever, a home playoff game, as Gareth Lagerway would say. I don't get that. 
you know, I, I, I hate to, to say this too about Pineda and I know his English isn't perfect, but he's been in the U S long enough. Like, yeah, I don't think that he has a lot of complex ideas. I think he's a bit basic. I think he's exactly hoping for what you're hoping for. I know that's a mean thing to say. Uh, I just don't think he's, He's uh, really thinking through the chess game. I had a weird thought about him. Not that I'm a great chess player either. I'm just saying. You know, he was a defensive midfielder for Mexico. He was a Mexican international, right? And he played defensive midfield. And he didn't have anything overly spectacular. He was a, he was a, you know, he just got by with a lot of heart and, you know, a lot of movement and effort and won balls and whatever. And, it, you know, I first thought, you know, sometimes those guys – who don't have incredible physical attributes, but still play at a very high level. Make and he was a terrific coaches. player, make great coaches because they, they've had to do extra things. I almost feel like he thinks, you know, I wasn't <laughs> such a great talent and yet I was really, really good. It's, it's not that hard in the midfield and we don't have to do that much. Like he's learned the wrong lesson. Hmm. The opposite lesson. Yeah. I mean, this is totally projecting. Yeah. I have no idea whether so, this is true, but, you know. Let's let, let's end it with this, right? Because with Lagerwey coming in, yeah, it's clear that you would think Pineda has a longer leash. Ugh. Not only this season, but even in the next season. Dave. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Ooh, yay. I am going to disagree with you. I think Lagerwey as an executive has had a lot of success in – you would think he can see it, right? And he has, you know, to me, his words say a lot. You know, if I were him, I would have said, you know, what is the expectation? Playoffs. He didn't say that. He said expectation is home playoff yeah. game. So he set the bar higher, okay? And by saying that, you know, or he could have said, look, we just, you know, we support the coach and we're going to see how good we do, blah, blah, blah. Right. right? He didn't say that. He said home yeah. playoff game. He, he set, set a, a he bar. set a very clear benchmark. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to tolerate. If we miss that benchmark by a long way, which I think we're going to, because yeah. I think at best we're going to finish seventh and just make the playoffs, but I think Carmen and I are closer to right with eighth, ninth, yeah. you know, just outside. I could see us moving yeah. up a spot. I'm, I'm always more optimistic than I should be because of the talent that we have and what they should be able to do, which should be in the top three. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we definitely talked about it all. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, have a big, great, great week. Yeah. Hopefully this season goes well. Emergency <laughs> drink here. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs>